Hey, business owners, need help taking payments online? Well, there's a whole world of transactions powered by Elevon. Whether it's through payment accepting, customer connecting, real-time reporting, round-the-clock supporting, fraud detecting or business protecting. <gasps> Elevon supports all payments for your business. To get started, visit elevon.ie. Elevon, your world of payments. Elevon Financial Services DAC trading as Elevon Merchant Services is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. The Big Tech Show brought to you by Elevon. Elevon makes payment taking simple, freeing you up to focus on your business. You take on the world, they'll take care of the payments. See elevon.ie for more. So Mr. Beast, real name Jimmy Donaldson, he was born in 1998 in Kansas, grew up in Greenville in North Carolina. In 2013, he starts making YouTube videos. His most popular video on his main channel uh, with over uh, half a billion views is a play on the popular Netflix show Squid Game. And that is very literally like the Hunger Games in a sense. And there was a huge cash prize at the end of that, pitting people against each other and people who in all likelihood really need that money. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. Now, who is Mr. Beast? Why are we all obsessed with him? How did he get to be so famous and so popular on forums like YouTube? Um, Darren Olin, news reporter with the Irish Independent. Who is this guy? So Mr. Beast, real name Jimmy Donaldson, he was born in 1998 uh, in Kansas, grew up in Greenville in North Carolina, uh, one brother CJ and raised by their mother and... Around You're going to tell me his star sign now as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, in 2013, he starts making YouTube videos, kind of very low-grade content, Let's Plays of Call of Duty and Minecraft and things like that. But things really take a turn in terms of his popularity when he starts doing these more out there creative challenge videos in 2017. And the first one that really goes viral is a nearly 24 hour long video of him counting to 100,000. And then another video that went very viral for him was a video where he read the dictionary aloud. And his content really just springboards from there into more of these more elaborate challenges, becomes more high production, uh, becomes uh, more sponsored, more invested in, costs a lot more money. And now what we really know him for and what has really brought his popularity to where it is now is his acts of philanthropy. Um, most of his content now is all about these really extravagant, expensive giveaways, ranging from thousands to tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Two regular punters. Yeah, that's how that's that's how it starts. So a typical example might be some like might be what, for example? Yeah, so handing a homeless man ten thousand dollars. Something something very simple like that. Um, heading to a local supermarket and saying to people that are there, anything that you can fit in the trolley in a minute or five minutes, it's yours, I'll pay for it. For the camera. For the camera, all for the content. Is this altruistic or is it crass? I think it's a bit of both, really, where... At the end of the day, whatever he's doing for these people, you know, you can't take that away from them. And he has done that. And that's for that person, you know, that's an act of kindness. But at the end of the day, he's doing it all on camera. It's all for the content. And he himself, at one point, explaining a video where, say, he gives $10,000 to a homeless person, said, oh, well, I can hand someone $10,000 and make $20,000 doing it. So why wouldn't I do that? So at the end of the day, there is a huge incentive for him there as well. How many followers does he have on YouTube? So on his main channel, we're talking over 232 million. 
And he has a number of channels and across all of those, um, it's more like 365 million. And per video, how many views does he get? We're talking upwards of hundreds of millions. Uh, so 100 million views to a video that gives $10,000 to a homeless guy, which for which he'll probably make a lot more than $20,000. If a mainstream TV company did that, if RT did that for, for viewer, you know, as a primetime uh, viewer uh, program, wouldn't we absolutely slate them? I think we would, yeah. And... I think he does deserve some criticism for that because I think there's a dehumanization that comes into that. It's sort of a Hunger Games almost. A little bit, yeah. And I mean, his most popular video on his main channel uh, with over uh, half a billion views is a play on the popular Netflix show Squid Game. And that is kind of very literally like a Hunger Games in a sense. And there was a huge cash prize at the end of that. And, you know, it's pitting people against each other and people who in all likelihood, really need that money. I wonder, is he, does he have guardrails? Are there limits to what he would consider? How do we judge his morality? Um, are there known limits as to what he may or may not do? It doesn't really look that way. Uh, a lot of his videos, which he has veered away from slightly, but uh, some of his more popular ones, he, he did put himself at the forefront. Uh, you know, things like I tried to survive 50 hours in solitary isolation. I tried to survive 48 hours uh, buried alive in a coffin. Uh, so he's certainly willing to push his own limits. And in terms of when he involves other people, you know, the ones that spring to mind in particular, and they're among his most popular, are I cured a thousand blind people's blindness, I cured a thousand deaf people's deafness. And that's taking a serious health condition and just proliferating that into here's content that will make mm. me a lot so of money. So if he can make money out of it. But then on the other hand, as you say, it's fair also to say that's a thousand people who got uh, restorative medical treatment for their eyesight as well. That's what the, what the argument on the other side. That's what he might say. And that is what he says. And, but there is sort of a selfishness involved in there as well, in that when he talks about his act of philanthropy, he does talk a lot about how he personally gets a lot out of it. It gives him a boost. He really enjoys it. And he just kind of likes giving things away to people. Mm. But even in those videos where he cures, quote unquote, he cures, he didn't do it. It was a doctor. It was a corrective surgery. Um those people, the first thing that some of them see is someone holding up a placard like, you've won $10,000 or there was um, a young fella that uh, one of the people whose blindness was corrected, you've won $50,000 and it was it was to pay for his student debt. So it's just kind of piling it on even more. You know, you almost mm. as a person who's had this life changing procedure, you can't even have this moment to yourself because it's all about more content. So James Stephen Donaldson, a.k.a. Mr. Beast, do we know do we have any clues as to what kind of a guy he is? What do we think he's worth? What's his net value? Estimates hover anywhere between 500 and $600 million. Okay, so he's well on the track to becoming a billionaire now. It definitely looks that way. He's talked recently about selling a stake in his own studio, which he still owns all of at the moment. He talked about selling 10% of that for $150 million. If that uh, valuation rings true and he manages to sell 10% for that, that'd put his net worth well over 1.5 billion. So he could very well be the first YouTube billionaire. And to put his 260 million or whatever it is, subscribers uh, into context, where does that place him in YouTube? Is he top 10? 
in terms of individuals, he's the most subscribed to individuals. He's the most subscribed The to. only channel that eclipses him is um, the Indian record label T-Series, but that mm. is for a record label and that's for people who are listening to music. Mm. So in terms of an individual, he is far and away the most viewed and the most subscribed. Now, anyone who uh, has been following the travails at Elon Musk Musk's ex will have seen Mr. Beast's name come into the conversation a couple of weeks ago because he decided to take advantage, didn't he, of X's creator policy, whereby they will pay some creators, and it's only a curated handful of creators, uh, part of the revenue that comes from ads that are posted beside their tweets. And how much did uh, Mr. Beast make from his first video there? So... Just over $260,000, according to Mr. Beast himself. It was just a repost of a video that he had already used for his YouTube account in which he and his friends uh, tested out crashing cars ranging from like the cheapest, most terrible car to cars worth millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, you have to ask, Annie, so we talked about this ex-content creator policy, mm. is he going to see that money? Because mm. these content creators... Some of them have said, oh, I wasn't paid. I wasn't paid on time. You know, it's interesting. Well, we we would assume at this point he probably will because I saw him tweeting the other day that he was going to give $25,000 each to 10 people randomly who followed and reposted his tweet uh, based on his 250 grand revenue. So maybe there's a chain of events there. Maybe that depends on whether he actually gets the cash. But he appears to be representing that that 250 grand uh, will be legitimate. And of course, he decided to take that money and be like, oh, I'll just give it away to more people because it's more content. And yeah. It's just an endless stream yeah. of giving people things. Um, does he have any other business interests outside YouTube? So he's ventured outside of the YouTube sphere, but it started off in a way that a lot of other YouTubers would do when they get enough of a following. He's just making merchandise, selling hoodies with his logo on it and, and that kind of thing. But uh, in more recent times, he's branched out into... Uh, more brick and mortar style enterprises. Uh, the first one being uh, Mr. Beast Burger, which, as the name suggests, was fast food. This is becoming like Krusty the Clown here, isn't it? Like Krusty Burger or Vought in the the Boys on, on Amazon <laughs> Prime Video. I mean, a, a burger. Yeah, and it was done through a company that sets up what it refers to as virtual restaurants, so it could expand beyond just being limited by. It's a chain restaurant where you have to build a brick and mortar business. Now, he does have a couple of, of restaurants that he has set up himself that you can actually walk into in the States. But the thing about that is, like, just to take an example of, I'm from Galway City, and I can go on Deliveroo right now and say, okay, I'm in Galway City, I'd like to order a Mr. Beast Burger. And it's there, and all the branding is there, and the menu is there, and all of the, all of the food. But you click on the info about the restaurant, it's the Shake Dog up the road or it's the Eddie Rockets up the road. So it's just a restaurant somewhere getting the right to use the brand. And he himself has become very critical of the way that this has been done and said that the company that he hooked up with for this venture hasn't paid him a whole lot of money. So he's trying to get out of it. And that's why he set up the physical restaurants. I remember well. the scene in The Simpsons when uh, Bart and Lisa confront Krusty about all of his commercial activities and say, you know, how on earth could you have, uh, you know, uh, condoned you know, Krusty asbestos? And uh, he says, oh, they, they drove a dump truck of money up to my up to my drive. And I'm presuming Mr. Beast's door must be assaulted with people. Uh, because he is, the way that we have framed him now, 
Now, we can talk about our, our media celebrities, our, our news TV hosts, but this guy is above them all, really. Absolutely. And the way that he has breached the mainstream, I think, is in a completely different way to any other content creator who, who might have done similar in this. I, I think the legitimate businesses are are really the big the big difference maker. Um, he has a line of chocolate bars as well. He's the Beast Bar. Um, and there's talk that he wants to expand uh, that business, which has gone a lot bet- better for him than the fast food. He's talking about protein bars. He's talking about frozen food items in and that just in supermarkets, you know, over in the States, you can walk into a Walmart and you can buy a Mr. Beast Bar and by all accounts, they seem to be very popular, making him tens of millions of dollars since he set up these brands. What was the name of that show on MTV years ago um, with Johnny Knoxville? And um, Jackass. Jackass. Yeah. yeah. There's a touch of Jackass going on here, isn't there? A Jackass li- for mega millions. A little bit, yeah. Uh, especially when you consider a lot of the content he's doing. You know, he's doing kind of putting people or putting himself or putting his mates in these really extreme situations, which is how Jackass started out as well. And then it's these people become personalities. And how do we, how do we, how do we keep the money flowing? And how, how do we? Are, are there any lessons from Mr. Beast for us? you know, as media practitioners. And I don't mean, you know, going to cover the courts or the high court or, uh, and I don't mean hard news like that, but in terms of we're always, our industries is looking for ways to stay relevant and to be entertaining. And really that's what Mr. Beast is, right? This is why tens of millions of people watch him give $10,000 to a homeless person. It's not because they're interested in the altruism. I will posit here. It's because they find there's something about the way the video is done that either tugs at their heartstrings or it's entertaining to them. And I don't know which of those emotions it is. But is there something that we can take? Is is Mr. Beast actually telling us something about how to do media properly? I think so. When if you take him at his word in terms of how he began to understand how to take advantage of the way YouTube works in terms of its algorithm, where himself and his friends basically got together and obsessively looked at how does the YouTube algorithm work? How do we get people to watch? How do we get more people to watch? And the two things that he really looked at were click-through rate, when someone sees thumbnail and title, whether they click on it or not, and then viewer retention. How long does someone actually view the video once they do click through? And it's right down to the fine details of how much does the brightness of the thumbnail correlate to how many views we get. And if you watch any of his videos, they you start to see a pattern and a formula. In less than a minute, he'll have fully explained from start to finish exactly what the viewer is going to see. They're never longer than, you know, maybe like 25 minutes is a long video for him. And... Looking at that, I think if a bunch of teenagers can sit around and figure out a way to maximize the amount of money that they make out of really the social media platform where there is money to be made from original content, then I definitely think we could probably take a look mm. at a few different things. So he's being ca- careful and clever and meticulous, as well as being entertaining and figuring out what it is that people uh, might want to see. Does he live any kind of a rock and roll lifestyle? I mean, does he, is he dating some supermodel? Does he does he drive a, a fast car? He obviously is crashing fast cars by the sounds of one of his videos. 
It doesn't seem like he's living anything like a celebrity lifestyle. Uh, he's a self-described introvert. Um, he said he was a shy kid and that out of himself and his brother growing up, he would have been shyer than he, even his brother. Um, that's not the personality we see on camera. He seems pretty personable. You'd have to be. He gets a lot of people excited with his content. But we know that he owns a lot of fast cars because any videos that we uh, see from inside their studios, um, you can see there's Ferraris and Lamborghinis and, and the like parked around the place, which seems to be a common thread with a lot of these content creators. I don't know. I, I don't know why. Um, but no, nothing particularly interesting him about a guy in terms of how he lives his life. He's not not dating anybody famous. He's just... According to him, he's happy to just give away his money and keep making videos. Interesting, isn't it? Because if you were that successful, I mean, you're going to have people, and I mean this in the broadest possible term, throwing themselves at you because you're famous and successful, whether that's romantically or professionally, or they just are curious about you. You're going to be the center of an awful lot of attention. And if you can bat that off... um, that's quite an interesting uh, position to be in. Uh, and it's quite a surprising one. I don't know if if I had ever made it uh, to be that famous at that age that I would have been able to resist at least some of the stuff that goes with the rock and roll lifestyle. Oh. Not saying that I didn't succumb to a bit of it. <laughs> he's more or less the same age as me, and you know, I have no idea what he does. It. Like, he's more money than he'll ever be able to spend. And as like as well, like... A lot of people, when they brush shoulders with the likes of Elon Musk, they kind of get a bit of a stain on them where everybody's like, oh, he's he's one of those people. And mm. he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast and some people see that and be like, oh, he's on Joe, Joe okay, Rogan's Okay, so podcast, by know? association now, what you're kind of suggesting is, like you mentioned two names there, Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. Automatically now, I have a picture of him of hanging out in a certain type of company. Exactly. The next one I can imagine a maybe being seen at a conference with Jordan Peterson or something like that. You know, that's that's the mental image I have now. So maybe he's uh, maybe he's uh, um, that or maybe they just asked him and maybe he was curious and maybe he admires their success. That's possible as well. 100 percent. And another interesting thing about how he views how he creates his content, he has openly talked about how he never wants to wade into issues that could be politicized mm. because he would see it as stupid to alienate half of his American audience if he offends Democrats or he offends Republicans. Well, he went on Joe Rogan. He went on Joe Rogan. Uh, and that probably, you know, ticked enough people off that they were like, oh, I'm not going to watch this guy anymore. But equally, how many people that listened to that episode of Joe Rogan were like, oh, I'm going to check this guy out because whether we like it or not, Joe Rogan has the most popular podcast in the mm, world. That's true. I wonder, is he getting bored? Because he, he strikes me as the kind of character who, because of the of the way he approaches the content of his podcast, it's slightly anarchic, anarchic and a little bit nihilistic almost um, and sort of just flips life on its head. A little bit. But if you're like that, and if you do hundreds or thousands of videos, there might come a point in your life, unless he's just being an ultra professional and ultra calm about the whole thing, where you're starting to wonder, is this all there is? I mean, there, there's a point to which it can, there's only, a, there's only so far you can, you can push the, wow, I can't believe he did that. I mean, I, I wonder what his next step is. Does he become an MMA fighter, for example? You know, very well could. Again, that's another thing that YouTubers seem to be doing. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll just I'll just get in the ring and I'll fight this this other guy who used to make FIFA videos or whatever, which I still think is bizarre. But I do wonder about the limits of what he can do in terms of I can't believe he did that because my first brush with his content, I think, would have been 
a video where he he was in Walmart or Target or one of these American places and there was a circle on the ground and you come over and anything you can fit in the circle, I'll pay for. And that was the gimmick of the video. If you told me then that that guy, his latest video where he gives things away is he traveled to Guatemala and built a town, which is one of his most recent acts of philanthropy. I wouldn't have believed you. Now, the next step is where do you go from building wells in Africa, building towns in Guatemala and doing things like that? Then again, those aren't revolutionary things. There's plenty of white people from the West who have gone over to impoverished parts yeah, of the Yeah, and it's an interesting... It's an interesting philosophical challenge that it presents us because I remember reading a lot about um, the late, great Marion Finucane and her husband, John Clark, in his interviews and in the book that he wrote about her. A lot of people wouldn't have known that they were very active in building refuges and schools for um, kids in very deprived parts of the world because it wasn't something they pub- published. It wasn't part of their their persona, their public persona. So they did that. There are probably people still alive now because they did that. So that's good. Then you have Mr. Beast, who is doing something of the same thing, but he's doing it as part of his uh, entertainment shtick. And is one better than the other? I know, I think instinctively, most of us would admire the quiet giving more, but maybe there is a place also for, for Mr. Beast's um, uh, way of doing it as well. It's just that it comes across as maybe a little cornier and we're a little bit more reluctant to to give it credence because he's making so much money off it. And I think part of that too is that there's still enough people who don't fully respect someone whose job ostensibly is YouTuber. Okay, well, the life and times of James Stephen Jimmy Donaldson, a.k.a. Mr. Beast, as explained to us there by Darren Olin, a reporter with the Irish Independent. Thanks very much to Gavin Hennessy, who is on sound. JJ Clark produced this episode. And I'm Adrian Wechter. You've been listening to The Big Tech Show. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Shachten, an indo Lower and once you're in a Donaldson Lish and if I got shin I can near lower Jeffrey the the dinner be. Me head will policy shock on Ian Modiano and a viral start the curl Lish no badge bug a shoot. Skilty, fis, turmi. Nimajigiri and drama honyal ama, tamajigiri mochen honyal a star. Shachten, find us on all the usual podcast platforms. <laughs>